It says, now when he had ending all his sayings in the audience, Jesus was preaching to the people. He entered into Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. The centurion heard when Jesus, when he heard Jesus, he sent two of his elders of the Jews beseeching them that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him saying that he was worthy from whom should do this. They saw Jesus coming and the elders came up to Jesus and said, man, this is a good dude. You want to come and do this for him. Then they start naming off some of the attributes in which he did. They say, for he loveth this nation and he had built a synagogue. He built us a church. Then Jesus said, okay. And he went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent his friends. He had sent some more people. They don't see Jesus coming. And he said unto the Lord, trouble not thyself, for I'm not worthy that thou should enter unto under my roof. He seen Jesus coming. He sent a couple of his guys and said, man, tell this guy, because of who he is, I am not worthy for him to even enter his feet into my house. Wherefore, neither thought myself to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. I'm steady paying attention to the posture of the centurion, how he felt like Jesus wasn't worthy to come here, neither was he worthy to even stand in his presence. That shows massive humility to honor and to worship. He knew who Jesus was, and his friend, his friend servant, this had to be a good rapi of the centurion for him to come and hear that Jesus was coming to send people and say, man, my man is going to die. And you just speak a word, right? For I am, verse 8, for I am also a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one go, and to another goeth, and another cometh, and he cometh to my servant, do this. Strange word. What he's saying is, I'm somebody. I tell people to go this way and they go that way. I tell them to stay still, they stay still. He said, I understand the authority. I'm a man that's in authority as well as a man that's under authority. Jesus, verse number nine, heard these things and was marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that follow him, I say unto you that I have not found such great faith like this in Israel. This story really had me thinking a whole lot about us as the body of Christ and how the order that was in this passage of scripture that took place and people had assignments. So a few minutes today, just a few short minutes, I sure do. I want to talk about do your job. Do your job. You know, Oprah Winfrey, there's a story going around about her that when she was at Harpo Studios, she went walking through the studios. She rarely did this, but when she did do it, the people 
were astonished. Man, they go Oprah, they go Oprah. You know how we would do if we saw Oprah. Man, they go Oprah, they go Oprah. And the staff were so excited and stuff that they saw her. And then there was a security guard that was on post that left his post and came up to Oprah and said, man, Oprah, I love you, man. My wife love you. Man, you don't know what you did to our lives. And it was said that Oprah politely whispered in the man's ear, do your job. Now, when I told this to my wife last night, she said, man, Oprah bogus, you know? How she just gonna be rude like that? But in all actuality, Oprah knew the importance of you staying on post because she knew that since you as being security is off post, that leads to potential harm and dangers to others. So do your job. In the body of Christ, the Lord has called us to be ambassadors here in the earth, and he has us on posts. And a lot of times when we leave our posts, we leave people in potential harm of the enemy to cause chaos. All right. Elder Foster, Elder go always during the time on your side. What is our job as a believer? What is our job? I got five plus one points on why. <laughs> on us being on our job. It's a little cursing in here, but y'all be all right. I'm finna curse right now. Point number one, be ye holy. I told you I was about to cut. Separate yourself from the rest. I know we got our crews, our girlfriends, our buddies. You know, they tell us, you know, this out, you know, this live your truth. This is, you know, your story and stuff like that. But the reality is if your homeboys and your homegirls is not on this God thing, they really are a trick from the enemy to cause you to stumble and to lose your God likeness. Be ye holy. We have to separate ourselves from the world. Jesus said, come out from among them them who is them those are the individuals who have not yet committed their life to Christ and doing what they want to do which will cause you to stumble he said come out from amongst them he says we are in the world but what good class I gotta repeat that uh, he said come out of the world. That's not our place. That's not our position. And I think a lot of times we done slipped up and allowed ourselves to be in the world. 10, 15 years ago, man, we used to look at the pulpit, you know, it was always guys in these amazing suits. Pastor Twan, them pants was bell bottom. They had them nice shoes. They had the cufflinks with the initials in it. Man, I wanted one of them shirts so bad. But now 15 years later, we in Levi jackets and boots and stuff like that. But here's the thing. It's not what the garments that you put on. Jesus, at one point, the disciples came in. They just started eating food, eating food. And some Pharisees or Sadducees or whoever sees saw that and was like, man, yo, your guy's nasty, man. They ain't even washed their hands. And Jesus said, it's not what they put in their mouth that make them nasty, but it's what come out of our mouth. 
So again, our actions, we got to separate ourselves from any individuals that's trying to make us look like them. I was watching the uh, BET, uh, no, the Stella Awards about a month ago. Anybody saw the Stella Awards? I'm the only one, me and Heine and Amina and Kim. Okay, all right. But honestly, this is how we done slipped and fell into the world. If my television was muted and my wife came in and said, you know, what award show you watching? I would say, yes, you know, it's nine times out of 10, she probably would have said the BT Awards, you know, the BT Hip Hop Awards, you know, because what we saw did not line up with who we said we were. Man, these guys had on suits with no shirt on. The sisters had dresses on above the knee. We are beginning to bleed into the world, and Jesus told us to come out of the world and separate ourselves from them. He wouldn't tell us to separate ourselves because we were better than them, but we have to show that we are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. They got to see us and see hope. I told you I was going to cuss, but it's all right. I got three more points. Number two, you got to teach yourself. This job requires for you to teach yourself. You must study to show thyself approved. The reason why we got to study to show thyself approved, because I learned in studying, it show thyself. When you study, it shows you yourself and what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right, but the things that you're doing wrong, the studying help you to do right. You should have said, say that again, Siri. She, she should have said that. She, but that's what the Word of God does. The Word of God helps us to cleanse ourselves. Again, not that we may be better than other ones, but here's the thing. In this day and time, people need to see Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, unfortunately, by us blending in, doing what they're doing, we become heathens with a gift. I'll drink some water on that. We become heathens with a gift. We can pray. We can preach. We can prophesy. But where is the difference at? Like, how can people tell that I'm different? You know? That's what studying the Word of God helps us do on a daily basis. Now, I'm going to make y'all participate. Uh, who here reads that Word every single day? Raise your hand. I'll wait. One, two, three, one. All right. Every single day. About six, seven people. How many people go on their phone every day? Woo, look at the, look at the room. <laughs> why you say that, Elder? The reason why I say that is because I find myself personally in that position that when I woke up in the morning, I checked Instagram, I checked Facebook, see who lined the day, see who went here. And like, that's fast food. You know, how you gonna wake up in the morning and eat a double cheeseburger for breakfast? 
you know, it just don't make sense. So, so this is what I started doing. And my wife was laughing at me, but it gave me a, a chance to say I read the word every day. How many people got the Bible out? All right. They send you a word every morning. You know, if you read that word every morning, you could stand firmly and say, I read my word every day. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. We read a stat every day, but we can't read a scripture every day. And here's the thing. It's our responsibility to read a scripture every day. Because we wake up every day, right? All right, that's point two. Let's go to three. Minister. The third one is minister. If you accept that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you are a minister. How many people accept that Jesus is Lord and Savior? A lot. Pastor Clagg, go get a lot of collars out the back. We got a lot of ministers in here. We lock ministering down to the poor pit when it's not. Y'all know that scripture that says God placed people in the church where he saw fit? God placed everybody in the marketplace, on their jobs, in their communities as he saw fit. Everybody say, well, I'm not a person that talk a lot, this, that, and the third. Okay, if you don't talk a lot, your actions should show a lot. You should have a lot of people saying in your yard, you know, instead of, you know, a couple of goblins and, you know, a couple of Draculas and stuff, you know. But here's the thing, though. When you get comfortable in Christ and you're not trying to hide or be someone else with other people, there's no problem talking about Jesus Christ. You can talk about Jesus Christ just as easily as I'm talking to you today. And I promise, I promise, we made things so difficult. One of the things I love about Lifeline is when Pastor Reggie used to give the altar call, or should I say the invitation at the end of the service, he used to just say something real simple and plain. Okay, if you don't believe, okay, repeat after me. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose again for me. I believe he died for my sins, and now I live for you. Amen. It's just that simple. But again, we made it hard, and the reason why we made it hard is because we're looking like other people and we really don't want to look like him. We want to favor him a little bit, but we really don't want to look like him. You know, my dad, I look like my dad. He came up here one time. I, I look like my dad. Better version. I'm a little bit more handsome, ain't I? <laughs> but we, we should look and carry an aroma that's just like our dad. It's just really merely actions, and studying help your actions get better. All right. Point number four. Hold on. I still got something in three, Pastor Twan. Okay. The harvest is ripe right now. It's past ripe right now. You ever had that banana on your, on your countertop? It started off green, then it turned yellow, then it turned brown, then it turned black. That's where the world at right now. They ain't yellow no more. They black. They overripe. You know, and it's our responsibility is to catch them. Because here's the thing. Even if that banana is black, Elder Silver, you still can make some banana pudding out that banana. 
bread pudding too. But the <laughs> bread pudding too. But right now the world is just like man, it's in a state right now that honestly it allows us to deal with so much stuff mentally that it's almost impossible to have a 30-second meditation. I remember one time Pastor Kelly taught us, she was like, start off meditating, like just cutting off the devices and sit there. Yeah. I think, was it a minute or something she challenged us with? Man, it's hard to do 20 seconds. 20 seconds is a challenge. Some of y'all looking at me like, yeah, that's you. No, that's you too. You can't sit nowhere 20 seconds without thinking, man, I got to wash my car. Man, any turkey in the refrigerator? You know, it's hard. But here's the thing. I'll say it. Social media did that to us. Because we so in tune with stuff so rapidly, and we engage in it, and it's desensitized us to a place where even... When we see stuff like people dying, my grandma just died, my mother just died, it's like, oh, we feel bad, then we scroll and it's over. That whole emotion is gone just that quick. Oh, so-and-so in Cancun, man, you know, so now you're in Cancun. But, you know, it's our responsibility, you know, to get focused, man. All right, that's that last, that's the last point of point three. All right, worship and assembly. We need to worship with God and our brothers and sisters. Jesus said, well, not Jesus, but God said it's not good for man to be alone. Man, Pastor Twan, I thought about this. I said, why would he say such a thing? It's not good for a man to be alone. Woman, women, y'all in there too. The reason why it's not good for us to be alone is because you jacked up. You alone with your own thoughts, your own emotions. Watch this. After your child just died and you alone, after your mother died, you alone, it's not good for us to be alone. We were meant for fellowship. We were meant to come and assemble each other. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. I help you. You help me. When I see you, I get encouraged. You know, during the pandemic, I forgot to tell Pastor Reggie this, but I used to look to him for strength without him even saying a word. It's something about seeing your leader standing strong will help you, you know, fix your back a little bit. So we need each other. We need to assemble with one another. All right. I got a scripture. It says, let us fast. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that he promised, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of saying, but exhorting one another as so much more as ye see the day approaching. What is the day? The day is when Jesus cracked that sky. That day is fastly approaching, and the Bible tells us to assemble even the more. I'm pretty sure God know what he's talking about when he said that. All right. Verse number, well, not verse. We on five now. So into yourself, 
you got to return the dime. Tithing is your first investment in yourself. You invest in yourself when you tithe. You are depositing a tangible dollar into yourself. A lot of times we think, oh, it's about the church and the church paying the bills. No, you, you helping you first. Tithing did for me um, things that I couldn't even imagine. And honestly, Pastor Twan, we would never see some size of God until we tithe. There are some sides of the Lord you will never see until you tithe. Somebody's saying, that's manipulative. I heard you. No. There are some sides of God you'll never see unless you sit. Yeah. There are some sides of God that you'll never see if you didn't have a sane mind. You know we've seen so-and-so, man, he was messed up in the head and stuff, man, and you see him, and now you're like, man, God, you said you said, you said you'd give us a sound mind. It's some avenues of the Lord that we'll never see until we participate in it. All right. Return the dime. <laughs> I'm almost done. That's five. Now I got the plus one. Okay, pray. Number six is pray. <sighs> This one hit me. We got to be more spiritual. Not spooky, but spiritual. Yeah. You know how you know you need to be more spiritual? When y'all see one of y'all friends on Facebook, they say, pray for me, don't ask no questions, pray for me. As a believer, it's your job to pray for them. Not put the little praying emoji, you know, the little prayer hands on there. No. Don't, don't hold it and hit the care. No, you literally got to pray for them. They say, <laughs> Pastor Proctor, they say, no, no, smite. We're black folks, right? They say, when I say, I'm going to pray for you, that was the prayer. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? I'm going to pray for you. And then don't pray, but that's the prayer. No, you literally got to take time when they say, look, can you pray for me? Ask no questions. That's why you got Holy Ghost. You pray, say, Lord, I don't know what issue they're dealing with, but I know who you are, and you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or even think. Do what they need in Jesus' name and keep scrolling. Just that. But we got to be more spiritual, man. All right. Now, you got your job requirements, okay? We got benefit package. God pays well. I got to say that. With our benefit, we have amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, sadly, Pastor Jesus, I've been a barber my whole life. I'm going to give you $5 at the service, boy. <laughs> Best barber. I'm going to give you 10 But here's the thing. I never knew anything about benefit packages. You know, I know y'all think, oh, he's just a barber. No, I, I owned a couple of shops, about three of them, you know. That's good, but, you know, when you move with the times, I, people say, man, I seen a Floyd's Barbershop, and, you know, this prophetic. No, no, it's not. I don't want to own no more shops. Now, a couple of barber academies, that's different, you know. 
but, but the benefits, you know, we have great benefits when we connect it to the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the partners last week posted that his mother was cancer free. That's a benefit. That's a tremendous benefit. Just last Sunday, one of the partners here said that their marriage was on a way to divorce court, but God spoke life back into their marriage. Those are benefits, man. Pastor Twan, Pastor Reggie's supposed to be right there. I was going to say, Pastor Reggie, I remember you taught years ago, Pastor Reggie taught something that I never seen her talk before, and it changed my life completely. He said, he did a teaching on us doing well on our job. And I never heard that before. I was always heard to rob your job. You steal that toilet paper, you steal them pens, you get some of that paper, some copier ink. You know, I never really heard do well on your job. You know, so when he taught that, it had me thinking, you know what, I got a job to do. And I noticed when I began to do well on my job, my job began to do well in my life. We have to be respect, respectable. Man, we got to do right by other people things. Man, the word of God says when uh, you're faithful over the small things, he'll make you rule over the big things. You know, we, we got to do our jobs well, even here in the body of Christ. Um, another story. I'm almost done, yeah. Um, I cut hair. Now, this is a funny story, but it's a true story. Funny but true. I cut hair. I got a co-worker named Keisha. Mm -hmm. So, no lie, I come in the shop about 9 a.m. She had a client there waiting about five hours, six hours. I used to wonder what was wrong with the beautician, but I started thinking what's wrong with the client. Because I'm not sitting waiting, no, I don't care how good you, I'm not waiting no six hours. But that ain't the funny part. The funny part is the girl, Keisha, came into the shop. She said, hello, everyone. Everybody spoke. And this is what she said after that. She said, ooh, the taste was crowded. This sister was at the Taste of Chicago. Wow, she was not doing her job well. We got to do our job well, people God. We represent the most high God. Humility would take you places, man. I really think that we, we really need to revisit humility. You know, humility is more than just a facial posture. You know, it really is. That's, that's what we kind of boiled it down to, you know. Hmm. Right now, sadly, the church is at a place where we seek more church attendance than we do actually God. We turn church into an event now. I'm guilty of it. You know, we get our pictures. You know, we take our pictures. We fish for likes. You know, Sunday morning, this, that, and the third. All this stuff is taking us all the way back away from the Lord. But that ain't really what church is really supposed to be. You know, coming here to Lifeline, man, I come out of a, 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 a stern ministry. Yeah, I ain't going to throw no rocks up. Stern ministry. And um, 
when I got here at Lifeline, man, and seen how everything was going here, man, I felt like, man, this is amazing. This is, man, this is heaven on earth. And man, I remember this how Pastor, uh, Pastor Reggie used to end. He'll say, turn to Psalms 23. The time it ran up, he said, turn to Psalms 23. Put your bill in there and we'll be back next week. I said, what? <laughs> man, he actually, okay, this is what I'm talking about, you know. A structured church, you know what I'm saying? You know, but we kind of strayed away from that and, 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 and we need to get back on our job. All right. Some of y'all falling asleep. Let me go on. Tie a bow on this thing. What time is it? 11? Oh, I'm almost up here 30 minutes. I beat my 20 minute record. Okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Another story. I had a collie, a dog. Anybody know that's Lassie? And this dog used to be confined to the house so much that when I used to let him out, only thing he used to do was run past Tony. All he did was run, 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 circles, run. He just run, run, because he was happy to be out the house. So when it was time for him to go back in the house, now he's shaking me. You know, he, he didn't want to go back in the house. You know? And I used to, man, go get him, put the leash on him, man. He used to be stubborn, didn't want to go back in the house because he enjoyed being outside. That's the church. We've been locked up for so long with unbalanced teachings that once we got out, we was like that college. We running everywhere, man, our little ears flapping and stuff. And now Jesus trying to get us and bring us you know, back in the house and stuff, man. And, um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> but when I got older, I recognized what kind of dog that my colleague was. My colleague was a dog that was designed to help shepherds keep sheep in line. So he was created for this. So me locking him up like that, kind of like confined him and messed him up. We were made to go out into the world. We have the boldness. We have the gifts. We have the power. We have the authority. You know, when Jesus left, man, he went to the cross. He said, man, this same power I'm leaving with you guys to tread over the head of serpents. He said, if you believe in him, man, you can lay hands upon the sick and they'll be healed. All this power is meant more than social media. It's meant more than the Dharma series. Yeah. It's meant more than the Ozark season. I talk about myself. But it's meant more than just going to work, making some cash, coming home, going on trips. He created us for more than that, man. He gave us something so powerful. They call it dudamus power. That's dynamite, man. Y'all ever, man, I seen dynamite destroy huge buildings, man. We got that kind of power. And it's our job to move and to operate in it. All right, let me go and close this thing down. I'm, I'm a minute over. Whew. All right. Jesus never came to stop our fun. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He never came to stop our fun. In fact, he said in John 10 and 10, 
I have come. I left heaven. I left the right hand of God where we had angels flying around us all day. It ain't no sickness. Ain't no hunger. Ain't no disease. Ain't no COVID. I left all of that to come down here that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So he didn't come to stop our fun, but at some point we got to recognize who we are and what we've been created to do. So I challenge us this morning. I challenge us to Revelation calls a return back to our first love. Man, I remember when I first fell in love with God around my carnal friends. I'm like, man, I ain't fornicating no more. And man, I ain't doing this no more. And he was like, what? I said, man, I just love him that much. And it was strange to him, you know. But that was love, man. Love says, not my will, but let thy will be done. And he went and died for us. So I, I, I prayed this morning. Can you stand to your feet? I, I, I prayed this morning that we get back in our place and do our job. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word today. Yet it had humor. It also had meat in it, God, to help us get back in our place in the word of God. So, Father, we come asking that you will forgive us. The word of God declares that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and, and put the right spirit back in us, God. We admit it. We strayed away. You know, it ain't all sin, but God, we still out of place. So, Father, we ask today that you give us the empowerment to say no to those things and yes to you. Father, you are great unto us, and we thank you that your mercy endureth from generation to generation. So we, we grab hold to your mercy today, God, and we pull ourselves back in position to get back with you. Father, we thank you for being who you are, for being our Father, for being our strength, for being our Redeemer. We just thank you today, Father. And we ask all these things in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, in whom we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed the word, can you put your hands together?